Welcome to Bodies by Brent. I am your host, Brent Ruska, and on today's episode, we have Brooke Taylor. Brooke is the founder of The Road, which blends ancient medicine with modern modalities to bring about one's best self. Their services include acupuncture, herbal medicine, nutrition, unique cellular regulation, and soft tissue work with tools like the gua sha. On today's episode, we dive into how to age gracefully, the importance of cosmetic and facial rejuvenation, and how the tongue becomes a useful diagnostic tool. Brooke is the embodiment of a healer, healing herself from cancer at a very young age. She is a wizard. She has an incredible wellness place out here in Austin that she's continuing to grow and expand with so many amazing modalities. I can't wait for you guys to dive into this episode and hear her wisdom. I want to recommend a book this week instead of a product, Radical Remission, Surviving Cancer Against All Odds, The Nine Key Factors That Can Make a Real Difference. Kelly Turner, PhD, a researcher and psychotherapist who specializes in integrative oncology, shares her remarkable research on over a thousand cases of radical remission. People who have defied a serious or even terminal cancer diagnosis with a complete reversal of the disease. This book is amazing. Whether you have cancer, you know someone who has cancer, or you're looking for principles to guide your life to better health and better well-being. I want you to pick up this book. All right, guys, you know what to do. Leave a review, share this with someone you think will benefit from it, and continue to follow. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Brooke, welcome to the podcast. Why, thank you. Yeah, I got lots of clients that are super pumped to have you on and hear about your story. So let's go back to how did you get into Chinese medicine, acupuncture, Mm -hmm. deciding to open uh, the road and all that? Well, I had acupuncture myself at a phase when um, I was very stressed out and not sleeping and decided to give it a try. It was really life-altering in one treatment uh, I had people ask me if I took a Valium and like <laughs> my, somebody else told me my voice sounded different on the phone. And I kind of thought, wow, what did I sound like? I must have been a little high strung or something. And I thought if one treatment can fix insomnia and make me feel so much more relaxed, what else could it do? So I started going pretty regularly. Then fast forward, I had... How old were you when you first got um, your first treatment? I was probably in my 30s. Okay. You know, maybe maybe early 40s. Then when I was living in Australia, I had a pretty high stress job. So I went every Friday afternoon, like the last appointment of the day. And that way I could just float home and be decompressed for the whole weekend. So then I ended up with a pretty bigger, big health crisis, went you know, had to take some downtime and rethink everything. Like, what do I want to do with my life? So I went back to school, became an acupuncturist and just stayed in Austin and opened my own space. Wow. What was that thing that made you rethink your life? The health crisis? Yeah. In 2010, I wasn't well, couldn't put my finger on it though. And it turned out I had colon cancer. Wow. What were some of the first signs you were experiencing? And this is while you were in Uh, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. It started while I was there. Okay. Just extreme fatigue. Just couldn't get my breath and started, muscles really started failing basically. And I, I just thought everybody kept saying, oh, you're out of shape. So I just kept plowing forward, joining more things, the gym and tried surfing and hot yoga and just pushing and pushing. And that really didn't end well. 
<laughs> what was the final moment you're like, I got to get this checked out? Yeah, I had been, I had, work had brought me to LA for a month. I was working out there and some people came to visit as I was wrapping that job. And I just literally fell to my knees in the street in LA and oh, like my man. muscles were like done. Wow. There was just no oxygen from lack of iron. So what did you think in that moment? Uh, something is seriously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah. Then, and then you f- found out you were diagnosed with? With colon, colon cancer. cancer. Yeah. And what was that like? Um, I mean, it all happened really fast after that. I came home to Texas and just told my mom I need an appointment immediately. And I think it was three days later I had my colon resected. and Fast. Yeah, really fast. You were on it. Yeah. And, but at the time I didn't slow down yet. I was like, I've got things to do, places to go, people to see. <laughs> didn't quite get the message No. Yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I was, as soon as I could bend over, I was like, I'm supposed to be in Singapore. And I went off, I went, you know. So you always been kind of nomadic. Yes. Very. Yeah. Yeah. So you were in Australia, then you came to LA, then you went back to Texas. And then as soon as you got a little bit better, you took mm-hmm. off again. Yeah, the minute I I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to let anybody down and this is my job. And so I took off again and it was temporary. I just went for a few weeks. But when I got back, I just realized I was doing all this for other people that, you know, what could I do that I had more control and it was more rewarding for me. So, yeah. And so you started diving into acupuncture. Yeah. Where did you go study? Here in Austin at AOMA. Okay. I decided to be in Texas because I am a Texas girl at heart. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) And what did you first, did you know much about acupuncture, the tradition of it? You know, I'm very curious. And I think a lot of listeners like, what is Chinese medicine? How does acupuncture fit into the role of Chinese medicine? And why did you decide to use that as a modality? One of your main modalities or. Right. I think. I had been in the skincare industry. I think, I don't know if I mentioned that, but that was my whole focus there for several years. How long were you in skincare? Uh, Probably over 10 years. You know, I was an esthetician and then I was a brand manager for a skincare line and helped other people with, through formulation, redoing their brands and things like that. And um, so I, when I went to school for acupuncture, I knew I wanted to still have that be, you know, part of my focus and everything, but... I think I didn't explore it that much before I dove in. I just thought, oh, acupuncture. and <laughs> <laughs> This is cool. Yeah, it is an intense program. Really? It's four years, very full time. And a huge chunk of that is herbal medicine. Hmm. So, um, yeah, you have to be prepared to study hundreds of herbs and formulas and how they all sync up and what they do and Um, I remember one professor used to say, you know, acupuncture is fine, but you can kill someone with herbs, you know. So we (laughs) we took it really seriously as far as studying herbal medicine. But we had to study all the Western medicine as well, you know, physiology and anatomy, all of it. So there's a a cross, uh, you know, you're learning both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So what are the fundamentals of uh, Chinese medicine or acupuncture? Yeah, we start at the very beginning with mm-hmm. yin and yang. Everything kind of becomes like a story. Like if you look at yin, it's um, the, all the front side because if you think of somebody like working in a, say, a rice paddy or something, they're leaning forward. So this becomes yin, the shadowed side and the winter side and yang is this upper and the sunny and it just keeps translating like that all the way through. 
So that's the beginning and like kind of the core mm-hmm. foundation. Yeah, you learn foundations and that's that's it. You start with yin and yang and you just build on it. And I mean, it keeps going and going. And I think, you know, a lot of the people we learned from had generations, like, you know, six generations that were doctors of Chinese medicine. So I feel like a little <laughs> barely scratched the surface of what all... Well, you know, it does and it means and yeah, you can explore it for a long, time. long time. Yeah. So, so yin and yang is kind of the foundation of, is that what you're trying to achieve through acupuncture? What is kind of the goal with acupuncture? That kind of makes sense. Like, you know, the symbol of yin and yang, it's the two, the circle with the two shapes in it, but those shapes are never, um, stationary. They're always moving. You're always moving from yin into yang and yang back into yin, you know, even around the clock. Mm. So, um, the goal is just to harmonize as much as possible and, and create flow. So we, anywhere there's stagnation, we would say, you know, that's where you have pain or disease. So our whole goal is to create flow. So like stuck energy is where problems arise. Right. And did you, so you were going through this program, did you notice a change in yourself? Were you applying a lot of these herbs and more acupuncture? Was it a big part of you changing or did it not create any change? I think you just start to notice everything that, oh, that you've been doing that contributes to not being optimized in your health. You know, I still see people all the time that are doing things like starting their day with a cold smoothie and and then eat a raw salad and they that sounds like you're doing something great but in chinese medicine we like things to be cooked or warmed especially first thing in the morning okay and salads are raw and in chinese medicine we don't eat a lot of just straight up raw food interesting so why warm liquids in the morning mm-hmm. and why not a lot of raw food? Because your digestion, if you think of it like a big cook pot, mm-hmm. you have wood and then you have fire and then you have a cook pot and then everything you've put in it. And then the fire should kind of cook that and disperse this steam out all the way. And that's your energy that you get from your food. So having a smoothie or raw food is a bit like throwing cold water on the fire. Interesting. Nothing can get dispersed now. And then how does that affect, like if you were to do a lot of raw smoothies and just food often, how can that affect your health? I see it, people, a lot of people with like, oh, my hands and feet are freezing all the Mm. time or they're cold or they're very damp, we call it, or sluggish. Okay. Mm -hmm. So damp is considered sluggish? Kind of sluggish. You might like feel heavy or you can actually see fluid like squishy on people or. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Ayurveda comes into it a little bit, but I know there's the kaphas or whatnot. And like, uh, I'm a very squishy, heavy person. <laughs> That's why I had to get out of the Northwest because it's right. <laughs> dark and cold and like. It kind of feeds into <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. It makes me more cold and squishy (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you like? Is there recommendations of food people should eat first thing in the morning? Yeah. Kanji. Kanji is the What is kanji? Um, It's rice, but it's made more, much more broth, you know, than just rice. Like it's not a cup of rice. It's a cup of broth that has rice. Oh, nice. So it helps like slow the spleen into like being able to warm up the metabolism and everything. And 
I'll have people that are like, oh, I can't eat rice. And then they'll try it anyway and notice a pretty big shift in their whole body. Like, ah, I actually had energy. And it's kind of interesting. One way we see that is if you look at the tongue diagnosis, we'll see scalloped edges all along the... (laughs) Really? Yeah. So it's like, "Mm, you might want to try some warming porridge type foods in the morning. I'd throw some cinnamon in or something. Interesting. Mm. And I know the tongue is a big piece of Chinese medicine. Yeah. Like you can, can you diagnose and you can learn a lot about someone's health. I actually had a client ask me uh, to ask you about oh. all about the tongue. <laughs> right. So yeah. like, what are the different ways you can look at someone's tongue and get an understanding of what's going on? Yeah. The whole body is kind of mapped out on the tongue or this, at least the systems as we talk about them in Chinese medicine. Like sometimes if I say your spleen, I don't literally mean your spleen and you should run to the emergency room. But (laughs) as far as how we see the systems, yeah, all of those are in mapped out on the tongue. So, you know, we check the pulse first and then I look at the tongue and it's diagnostic. So um, we're looking at the color of the body, the shape, the coating, you know, is there one or is it what we call like geographic or peeled or mapped or is it thick or is it rooted or thin or is it yellow? Is it white? Is it greasy? Wow. Um, Are there cracks or no cracks? Are there little bumps or yeah. All those (laughs) things can tell you about everything going on inside the body. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild. It'd be kind of like looking at a muscle, you know, and see that you can't normally see. Now you can see that one that tells you what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. It's your diagnostic tool. Yes. Yeah. Is there common things you see in most people's tongues? Yeah. I think they could improve upon. Like, usually, like, okay, someone, you know, one out of three people usually have A, B, and C. Right. You do see the scallop tongue quite a bit. So a scallop is what? Looks like it has the edges along the edges, you know. Um, What does that mean? They might be, say, low energy Mm -hmm. or especially like, yeah, that cold feeling too. If their tongue is also pale. Um, If the tongue is pale, it might be because they're cold or it might be like a blood issue. So we either need to build blood or warm them up or both. So. Then there's the tongue swollen or not. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> I know there's a lot to it. But <laughs> that's So you went through acupuncture school and then you decided, what did you do after that? Is that how you decided to open your amazing place now? Or did you just experiment on people for a while? And then how did you come up with, <laughs> you know, in back alleys? Darts at just them, like, like, come here, let me just feel? look at your tongue and put some needles in you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a learning curve for everybody. But luckily when we're still in school, we have like two years of internship where we're needling people at clinic under supervision. So cool. we feel pretty confident when we get out. For sure. And then how did you create all your different services? At- yeah. I think um, I I was fortunate when I did work in Australia, the brand that I worked with was one that even though they were skincare, they were very keen on more of a body connection. Like don't just treat the face like right here. So we did like Balinese body palming with every treatment and sensory journeys and, you know, breathing and all these different things before you did a facial. So... I knew I wanted to connect everything, like the skincare that I had done and this whole system of like connecting with the body. And it's really interesting because some of the first things acupuncture can do is kind of make you feel back in your body 
Like we look at the eyes and the shin and the eyes and you'll often notice after acupuncture, they, there's like a shift. They look really present and bright. Mm. Um, so I knew like, yes, I wanted to do cosmetic acupuncture, but I wanted it to treat you from the inside out, not just like putting a product on your face and taking it back off. And yeah. Good. So I start practicing on people right away. <laughs> and what's kind of like your typical protocol for getting someone, you know, their skin glowing and feeling much better? Yeah. I kind of just ask them what's their goal? What's the thing that's bothering them? So I learned a long time ago in skincare, like you don't look at someone and go, oh, hey, about your whatever, because they not even may not be there on their <laughs> radar. <laughs> so I let them tell me this mm. is really bugging me. And if there's a connection to something going on in the body, I'll let them know, like, this is what I'm going to do for you today. And this is what we need to do for your, your whole health for that to continue to improve. So let's take an example, like if people that don't like their 11s in Chinese medicine, that's area is the liver. So in face reading, you know, we would say, oh, if they're like this all the time, you know, they've got some stuff going on, um, usually overwhelm they might have feelings of irritability or even anger mm. um or just really not able to turn things off very well so i can stick needles there and try to make them aware that they're making this face all the time like listening or whatever it is but i can also give them herbs that soothe the liver and unconstrain the liver and de-stress them and those lines go away a lot faster. Wow. What are some herbs that you use for? Yeah, it's mostly formulas. So okay. and you make those formulas. Um, you, I, I use um, some kind of custom tinctures that I cool. blend up. But there's plenty of like, we call it patents. So really common patent for this, you could say for the 11s, is just Zhao Yaosan. And that one's widely available in different variations. So most people can benefit from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. Why is it important to take care of your face? Why facials? Why the skin? Mm. Why did you have such a passion for that? I think because it's just how people see themselves as well. You know, this is how we communicate through expressions that we're making. And, and, you know, the skin seems to reflect the health overall as well. So pe that's why people like a glow. It makes them feel like the inside matches the outside, basically. I actually had one client ask me, you know, you do both health and cosmetic. What are some, you know, uh, services you or techniques you use that people can use instead of Botox? like keeping the skin tighter or mm -hmm. different. I remember the other day when we were doing a training session, you were telling me about this piece of skin that kind of hangs down <laughs> on your jaw or whatever. And it's because they can get tight in a certain part of their neck and lymph drainage and all that. So I don't know what I'm talking about. So you yeah, got to tell me. <laughs> like people don't like when they get jowls, you know? Jowls. There you go. As a um, guy, I don't know anything about the skin. I we, literally. We do this a lot. Like, <laughs> ah. Yeah. Um, well, I brought it up with you because, you know, it can come into play with how the ergonomics of how they're holding their head and muscles and things like that. And so if I'm always looking down at my phone, everything in here gets shorter, you know, so what they can do at home is make sure their head is back 
up and over their shoulders and not always down, you know, you know, what is this like eight pounds of head that leans forward? It's now 12 and then so on. Yeah. So it just gets shorter. Well, then once it gets shorter, it allows this to kind of sag and then fluid can sit there. And if it sits oh. there long enough, it will just build up. And and then there's little muscles here, the digastric that go way back here, sternocleidomastoid. They're all, you know, attached and getting short and the platysma. So. And by fluid, you mean lymph fluid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why is that? Why can't we let it sit there and hang out? Could, but <laughs> <laughs> why is it preferred not to? <laughs> People don't like the way that looks, that double chin. They want like a Got nice it. trim jawline. So it's more just it will stretch the skin or, yeah. or pool, basically. Yeah. I see it a lot. Like people, they'll get these lines or even a little bit higher here, the nasal labial fold or this. And you go to someone that does injections and they're going to say, well, let's put a bunch of stuff here because then it will pull all of this up. Like putting injections up in their upper yeah, cheek. Yeah, like here. Yep. So, okay, now look, now this is this is nice. Yep. But then um, now what happens when I smile, it goes like this. <laughs> they get like yeah. a lot more wrinkles here. Yeah, your cheek goes into your eye. Yeah, so now we need Botox here. You just end up chasing everything basically is my only, you know, like, I would say come get your face super optimized with cosmetic acupuncture because I'm going to do cupping and gua sha and a bunch of facial sculpting, which works on the massage and the, okay. with a massage, like a deep tissue for the face. So it kind of puts the muscles back like how they used to be. So you, what is the process of the facial and mm-hmm. why are you doing each thing? So you have cupping. Yeah. Why, why do you use cupping? Um, cupping specifically for fascia and moving fluid out. Mm-hmm. So it's all about moving fluid, it sounds like. Yeah, it's a good starting point for people that are like, why does my face look like this? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little, everything's just been sitting there for a while. You know, it's it's a little harder to get fluid out of the face because it's got to go through this whole track here, you know, so... It just doesn't move as easily by itself. What are the lymph channels in the face? So they run by yeah. the jaw and then down the neck. Mm-hmm. And then is there any up in the forehead? Mm-hmm. There or are, are they some, all over? Yeah, I mean, you see like I have this. You can get like a hooded eyes. That's fluid sitting here. Oh, that's fluid, huh? Yeah, so in the mornings you have to pull. When you get older, <laughs> you'll yeah. be pulling fluid out like this. I didn't realize Moving that. Moving it out. Boop. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so it's stuck fluid. But I do... What I call like a discovery gua sha first. What's a gua sha? Gua sha is when you take a stone and you massage it over the skin. Like you see all the influencers on with gua sha. Yeah, you know, the pink stone, and they're all doing this thing. And mine's a little different. It's a little more like I'm finding things out the way I gua sha, and I'm opening the channels. Cool. And I scrape the whole scalp and everything because. You know, even for this type of thing, that really is coming from back the muscle back over the ear. So you also don't just stop here. You need to come way back into the scalp and work mm. the neck and all of it. So what are the benefits of doing the gua sha other than, you know, you're getting that fluid draining mm-hmm. and then keeps the skin tighter? What are the other benefits of doing that? Yeah, it improves circulation. Somebody compared it recently. I wish I knew the resource, but she compared it to a stagnant, stagnant pond, you know, and then you come through and move all that silt up mm. and then that allows it to move out. So keeping 
all the cells and everything healthier, I imagine. Yeah. Fresh blood flow. So I imagine it's important to be doing this as you're younger or anytime Mm -hmm. you can immediately because the benefits will, you know, continue to be long term. Yeah, it builds on itself for sure. That's very cool. And then what else? So you use the gua sha. So I do gua cupping. sha. And then I do, I don't always do cupping, but I'll do cosmetic acupuncture, which is the little needles in the face on points that they need. And what, do, yeah. what are the, how do you determine points? Like why would you put it one spot versus another? It kind of depends what they're doing. Let's go back to the 11s, you know, so the muscles that allow you to make this face or here mm-hmm. this is an acupuncture point called bladder two so i'll do bladder two and what it'll do is start to release the microspasm in that muscle and that's the top of the eyebrow yeah so this is the one that makes you do this all day every day it gets a little built up you okay. know you'll see people with like a almost a lump there interesting mm-hmm. i'm going to be staring at people's faces yeah. so <laughs> detailed now like, and be like so angry. oh man you need a needle right there and you need to <laughs> it's kind of fun to know the face Super interesting. because even you can then start looking at like you could probably tell a lot about their life and, and stuff right you can you can super read like their emotions like i've taken courses on releasing emotional trauma through acupuncture and it all comes from reading the face wow yeah so like what are common things you see? So one was like the angry liver, mm-hmm. right? They got the <laughs> yeah. they have the the squished up eyebrows. Yeah. What are other ones you see? Um like I have crow's feet, but you can look at the direction and length of crow's feet. Mm-hmm. Um they mean different things. So, you know, if your lines come and go up a little, you know, that's pretty joy. You've been smiling, those are your smile lines. Interesting. You know? But if you see someone like if this is an example. Maybe you can Google a picture of like Robin Williams and you see his lines come out and down, but they come way down here. So at some point there's like sadness, but then there's like grief. Wow. So, you know, depression kind of thing. Some people's lines over a long period of time, you might see them come way further down. I, when I was, I became a caregiver for my mom while she was at end of life. I hadn't seen my brother in a while and he saw me and he goes, what's up with all your lip lines? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> my sister-in-law punched him, thankfully, but I yeah. was like, what the heck? And I was in school at the time, but then I found out these are actually caregiver lines. So when we take care of others way more than we take care of ourselves, this part starts to kind of come inward you know like and we get lines there interesting yeah why uh, why is that well i mean this is the large intestine here and it's like a metal point you know area and um you know there's just different each channel has its own emotions as well you know attached to them so lung and large intestine is grief and so on and so forth so Wow. This is self-care. <laughs> self-care. Yeah. What are what are good reflection of someone who's just maybe joyous or had a good yeah. life? Yeah, I think. Like you ever look at Clint Eastwood's face? Yeah. He's pretty old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got the. You could probably like a ton of road money map. off of making this face. So, so. <laughs> That's true. He was influenced. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not true emotion. It usually works way better for men. Yeah. But yeah, somebody that maybe you'd look and be like, oh, they seem like they've had a good life or something like that is even face posture. Hmm. Like sometimes I'll have people come in and they're like, I don't like the way my face looks, but they're like, like it's just hanging. 
And then it's like, that puts like 10 years on me if I just let this hang. And I'm like, oh my God, like you have control over that. You don't have to tighten it, but you can hold it, like engage it just a little. So usually people that are pretty well balanced have a little face posture where they've got some tone, kind of like doing yoga mountain pose. Mm -hmm. You know, you're engaged. Things are switched on. Yeah, use those muscles. And the shin is in the eyes. They're bright. Mm-hmm. They're present when they're talking shin. to you. Shin, what is that? The energy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like spirit or just energy or it's like how would you describe it? Yeah, it's kind of like the, it's sort of like the mental aspects, but that show through the eyes. Mm. So I have pictures of people before and after. I only took pictures of their eyes and it's Mm. like they might be cloudy and just kind of blank. And then you see them after and they're like, wow, what just happened? And they're bright. And, you know, it's such an experience with acupuncture anyways. Is that just them being there more? Like they're just more present, more online Mm -hmm. before they were just kind of somewhere else? We get a little scattered. So, And that's one of the benefits of acupuncture kind of brings you in your body yes why do you think so many people are out of their bodies i would call it collective angst (laughs) (laughs) tell me more about that (laughs) i mean you know i could change my intake form and it could be four things and it would one would be anxiety digestion insomnia stress you know it's just everybody right now a lot of the women their hair's all falling out mine's thinning every post-covid tons of women's hair wow yeah and that's due to stress, insomnia. Stress, yeah. So if they're experiencing those things, they need to come see you. They, and well, get into, <laughs> first step is get into their body, yeah? Yes. Yeah, like, well, acupuncture is amazing at helping treat stress Why responses. Uh, neurotransmitters, you know, it really helps you get out of fight or flight and into rest and digest. So, And it helps train people. Mm-hmm. How long? So the more... Is it the more you do acupuncture, the more you can train yourself to always be in that state? That's probably a good way to look at it for sure. You build on it. And I always tell people like as you're driving home or something, check in with how that feels. Because sometimes in the intake, I can be, how does this you know certain thing feel? And people don't know. Mm-hmm. They Oh, I hadn't thought about that. And these questions on there, they're like, whoa, I never think about any of this. So it's a good way to just check in with yourself head to toe. And then I have them really think about how you feel after and how can you kind of hang on to that a little bit longer. What do you tell people to like hang on to it more? Like what should they do? What practices? Breath work. Breath work? <laughs> Lots You're of a big fan work. of breath work, yeah? Yeah, breath work. You know, I can give them points to massage. We do ear seeds. You go home with those and massage them. So ear seed is what? Yeah, it's a little, it's literally a little seed on a piece of tape. Oh, wow. So the whole system and body is on the ears. And by pressing on those points right to the brain to tell the brain like, what to do, like the vagus nerve. Okay. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you can use that as a signal to just become more present or just re-trigger that Mm -hmm. parasympathetic state. Yes. Or at least trying to remember what it felt like. Yeah. It's really good for pain, um, stress, anxiety. There's, I could put it on the shoulder point for instance, or if your shoulder's bothering you or yeah, it gets pretty specific. That's groovy. Yeah. And I know you're big into sound too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're telling me you were thinking about creating this whole 
sound room, which is, yeah. I don't know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> why, why sound? How did you get into, yeah. you know, the benefits of sound? Cause I know you offer uh sound bowl with acupuncture, mm-hmm. you know, why do you do that? And then why the sound room? Yeah. Sound room. Well, I think all of the cells are on operating on a frequency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I play 528 hertz while people are getting a treatment. Okay. So that there were all, it's just every way I can think of to kind of tap into the vibration of the cells. So. What is that frequency? 528. Like why that one? Cause I know there's different frequencies yeah. people can listen to. It's probably more relaxing. 528 is pretty calming. Okay. And then I have ear clips I can put on the ears that also help with a certain hertz to talk to the brain and calm, put you in theta state, basically. What is theta state? Theta is more as if you got some good REM sleep and where healing takes place. Okay. So I'll put the clips on. I put pink noise on. The 528's going. There's crystals in the walls. I mean, (laughs) needles, a couple (laughs) of needles. And then I'm like, imagine your cells are now listening. Wow. What would you want to tell them? Wow. So you're just putting people in this really, you know, blissful state. And then then they can really access their healing from there. That's right. It's just all ways to tap into your own innate healing responses. And you're big on people can heal themselves, yeah? Yes, yeah. Where does that belief come from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was pretty sick when I was little. Mm-hmm. And um, like I was given like three months to live. And Wow. Yeah, I had some serious stuff going on. And my my dad just from this little town in West Texas went and explored what can what tools can I give a nine-year-old to help her heal herself. What a cool dad. Yeah, I got lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. And so they went and learned a method very similar where you train your brain with biofeedback to get into the theta state and then tell it what you want it to do. So I did that every day for quite a long time. What would, what would be some of the thoughts you would say? So like if I'm in a theta state or you were in your theta state, what were some of the things you would say to yourself very specifically? Yeah, I think a lot of people that use these types of methods do get very specific. I remember a story of a man who reconstructed his whole spine over time, but he went and looked like looked at images. This is what it's supposed to look like. So in that state, he's basically rebuilding it to look like that. And I think that's kind of what I did as a kid. Mm -hmm. They were like, you can do whatever you want. I needed to get rid of cancer cells basically. Okay. So I could use a laser or I, you know, like I could make up whatever I wanted to, but then I needed to see the healthy cells like proliferating. And so that's what I did. Wow. What kind of cancer was it? Um, when I was nine, I had something called a neuroblastoma. Okay. So. And did you do regular treatment and this on top of it? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) We went straight to MD Anderson. I was there for like three months, two years Mm -hmm. of chemo every week. Mm -hmm. So like every single week, Friday, I went and had chemo at nine and um, it was was pretty rough, you know, so these other tools really helped me get through the whole thing. They always, you know, I, I don't, I can't remember it in my past, but I've heard the saying, from somewhere along my journey, you know, healers are people that have usually been through a lot of stuff mm. because they're the only people that can actually guide people through those things, right? You have to go through these very challenging experiences and from it, you learn a lot of lessons and then you can help so many people. Do you have any words 
for people that have maybe been recently diagnosed with cancer or going mm-hmm. through cancer? It's a such an interesting, very subjective experience. Like everybody's experience is just so unique. Mm. There's so much more support systems out there now though. Like I'm located right next door to a cancer rehab integrative medicine mm-hmm. and all the things are there for them. You know, like they can get acupuncture, they can learn like some seated yoga stuff to help them breathe and move. There's lymphatic work for them. And, um, it's just super personal. Like I never saw it as like a war, you Mm -hmm. know, because I felt like I needed to work with my body to heal, not, not create a battle scene inside. Yeah. (laughs) So blast um, this and get this. And I mean, the medicine was already doing that. So I was just like, how can I just let my body get through this, you know, the best. Um, so that was my thing and that was through something called silva mind control i think but now there's silva tons mind. more like so uh, you're like a good approach you feel for yourself was you know looking at it at working with your body and just supporting it the best it can be supported to heal yeah and i look now i think even the second time i got cancer they said because of radiation i probably you know you got to watch out for adhesions and stuff but I find I get unwell in general the minute I'm out of alignment with who I think I am and my own beliefs and just the way I'm in a tune with things. If I start doing things that are really not in alignment with that, that's where I feel like illness comes from for me. So I just do little gut checks here and there. Like, is this in alignment with what I want to offer or what I'm doing or who I think I am. And if it's way off over there and I get uncomfortable, then I'm like, probably need to swing it back over here and stay with what feeds me and nourishes and things. I love that. That's very true for me. I remember when I was suffering from a lot of acid reflux when I was younger, it was just because I was super anxious and stressed and trying to force everything. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started to slow down, you know, changing diet helped too, but not a hundred percent where all of a sudden it would, it would disappear a lot of the times where it was like, I didn't have any symptoms Hmm. when I finally slowed down and started trying to, you know, work with my nervous system. Hmm. Yeah. Your body's trying to communicate with you all the time. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All all the time. Right. What other kind of cool things are you going to have in the sound room? Yeah. So the sound room, I mean, we're exploring a lot of things. There might be some foot baths, you know, so you can the vibration going through the water. That's what I'm hoping to do. We're looking at yin yoga. I love yin. I think Austin, I think everywhere, but I think Austin really needs more yin yoga. Yeah, I think so. It's great for athletes, but it's so good at getting people into that parasympathetic state and just helping with people with shoulder problems or knee problems. I'm a big fan of yin because it rebuilt my body. Okay. A lot. That was the first yoga where I was like, oh, I think I understand yoga now. And it has a very introspective piece to it. Like you really have to kind of go into some painful places as mm. things open and breathe. And oh, I'm it's, excited. <laughs> you not done a lot of yin? Well, no, no. Oh, it's so good. So I just feel like that's what I will resonate yin. with people on this little healing journey yeah. and exploring. I feel like that's the best. It's so regenerative to the body. And it's not easy either. It's right. not restorative. It's It's still very active in the sense that you're riding that wave of intensity of mm. like slight discomfort, right? 
but afterwards you're like a wet noodle. You're like, <laughs> uh, and I can't imagine if you like, yeah, add sound and acupuncture oh. and all the good vibes going on over there. Like people are going to be floating. I hope so. I have someone that wants to do some more Qigong type things. And as that's well. great too. Yeah. Cause I have some clients that, you know, yoga is just not their thing or it's too much stuff on their shoulder oh, or whatever. Right. right. And, but they still want that energetic rebalance. Right. And, you know, Qigong has that where Mm -hmm. you don't need, you don't, it's very simple. Yeah. Right. But you can really get into the energetics, right? Yeah. That's how they used to say we couldn't be healers if we weren't constantly replenishing ourselves through Qigong. Nice. Like there's only a couple of ways to get your essence. You're born with so much essence Mm -hmm. and you're spending it at, you know, throughout your life. There's only couple of ways to rebuild it is through really careful nutrition like paying attention to eating for your constitution but also qigong like fostering that that's really cool what other stuff so you're gonna have some qigong the sound sound maybe breath work cool Um, there's someone but her her style of breath work is just not what people think it's like you said it's like a little more intense like oh wait things are happening here that i wasn't expecting so we'll see what happens with that I've been approached to, are you going to have craniosacral, um, you know, and upstairs we'll have the lymphatic body, full body massage with a little myofascial in there and cupping and everything to kind of feed in. Like a lot of people come in for a wrinkle and I'm like, it's rarely about their wrinkle. So (laughs) really? Yeah. Yeah. It starts as that. It's what they see. It's like it's manifested as something like that. And Mm -hmm. there's a little dissatisfaction going on. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, at the end of the day, health is everything. And you just, you know, that's what you need to be able to get through and enjoy your life and everything. So I feel the same when I have clients come in and they're like, you know, this is too big on me or this is too this. It's like it's rarely about. Like no one cares about how big your quad is or your calf or whatever. It's, it's so much deeper and more it's, you know, yeah. it goes into like, you just want to feel good and love the skin you're in. Right. Right. And then that just thing you think's a thing isn't a thing, <laughs> right? It's so The true. worry that you think's a worry is not even a worry if you're willing to like go deeper into it. That's right. And then it's like, what am I even talking about? Well, and it, you, you know, if I see someone that's, Oh, I don't know. What's a good age that you should be allowed to have a wrinkle? Let's say you're 50 and they're like, oh my God, look, I have this fine line. And I'm like, yeah, but it's only when you do this. Like, then I see it, but you should be able to see it if you're making that face. Yeah. At what point is it then going to be okay for you to say, oh, look, I have a line. I mean, I have these, I earned these big time, you know, from being in the sun, I had a great life. I've been a fly fishing guide and lived in Belize in Australia. And it's like, I've got crow's feet. And I'm like, I mean, I could probably spend more time in my own clinic working on them, Yeah, but I'm kind of okay with them. I think the lines are great. I think, you know, I, so there was, I was in India and I was staying on this organic farm. And I was, remember I was waking up in the morning at this, at this property and some of the people would come from around the village to get milk because the farmers that owned uh, some of the land, they had cows that produced milk. So they just give out extra milk because mm-hmm. they weren't really trying to do anything with the milk. They were just using the cows to help, uh, you know, raise the land, use their mm-hmm. manure. And I remember this lady sat in front of me and 
she must have been, I don't know, 90 years old. And she had the most wrinkles I ever saw <laughs> in my life. And we're looking at each other like we were from different planets. Wow. Like I felt like she was from 4,000 years ago. <laughs> and she was one of the most beautiful women I've Isn't ever seen in my life. Thing? Like the energy was absolutely yeah. out of control. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Right. And tons of like life in her face from yeah. all her wrinkles. So it's really about the energy that comes through. Right. No one gives a shit about your wrinkles. Yeah, and it's it's just a shame we've got it's really, you know, all the social media and our our obsession Filters. with looking at our phones and you know, we all fall prey to it and aging is a little bit harder, you know. I'm mm-hmm. just seeing all the little things in myself and I can't, you know, I get tempted upset about it every once in a while, but it's like um I'd rather just put my energy into like, oh my god, I'm an amazing happy hour with friends later. You know, like that I just where I'd rather put my energy and, and, um, I think a lot of women are like, all my friends did it. And, you know, then they're the, they're the standout and everybody now can really identify when people have done things and that's okay too. I'm definitely not judging anyone who's done stuff. And I'm not either. Yeah, no, I'm not either. But, um, my whole thing is just to let people know there's alternatives, you know, like that can really just try to maximize your own features and and get your skin healthy. And so using tools to move fluid through the face and strengthen the muscles mm-hmm. and all those things can avoid using other stuff like Botox and whatnot or push it out longer down the road. Right. Yeah, because like I tone the muscles, you know, Botox is going to freeze everything. Mm-hmm. And there's just like a lot of things we still don't know. Like moving your forehead communicates with part of your brain. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if you don't move it, your brain has to go look for somewhere else now to get that information, you know, that would. That's interesting. And then there's things like I have a lot of women in their 60s who now have grandkids and they're like, do you really want to look at your grandkid and be like, you know, squee, <laughs> but nothing's happening here. You know, kids like, trying to read your yeah, face. Like, is she happy to see me? Grandma's <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the them have gotten away from it and they're okay. Like you see the lines when they're making that expression, you know, so. I love that. I want to touch real quick though on the nutrition piece. I think this is super interesting. The different constitutions mm-hmm. people can be. So what are the different styles of eating that you, you know, Chinese medicine recommends. Yeah. And I'm not good at knowing all this off the top of my head, but let's say general stuff. Yeah. Like, um, you kind of look at the five elements at that point, which like if we said, Oh, we need to nourish your kidney. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting because the kidney, the color for kidney is black. And then you end up eating a lot of black foods, like Hmm. black beans and seaweed, things that come from the sea that are black and dark. And Mm. (laughs) it sounds um, like too easy, you know, like, oh, great. Yeah, it's black. So everything's black. But (laughs) um, if you sort of start digging, like I must have eye rolled a lot in school, like, you know, oh my God, whatever. And then you like, I'd be over there Googling it. And then you're like, oh, (laughs) all that stuff supports the kidneys. Okay. That's weird. How did they know that 3000, however many years ago? Wow. So yeah, it's good to eat for your your constitution, which is similar to the Ayurvedic, like you mentioned too. You're eating to best fuel what's going on with you. Yeah. So if you're damp, you know, squishy, we want to tone the spleen, but you can also, you might need to drain damp. So you might make tea out of corn silk 
or eat, um, what's it called? Eat Iran Job's tears or I forget the normal word for some of our stuff, but I have a funny story real quick. When I was in, so I was in Thailand doing Thai massage. The Thai instructor would call me squishy (laughs) (laughs) because, because I retain water really easy. I don't know if it's like I have kind of little higher estrogens or it like holds water, but yeah, I would, he would be like, he's squishy. squishy. Even when I was lean, I would still, oh, wow. I could retain water very easy. Yeah. And my skin is like very stretchy. Uh huh. So I'm a. You're like a squish. Yeah. A little spleen. So camp. I need more. What would a squishy person? You might need to transform some of that. That's what we would say. That might be a word we might use for transform. damp. We need to transform the damp. So think about adding cardamom to your your kanji. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some other things that kind of help. That's with- really interesting. So mm-hmm. another way to look at nutrition is start to think about what your constitution is yeah. and start to eat based on that instead mm-hmm. of you know, I need to be leaner. I need this. I need that. Right. And it sounds like you can think you're eating healthy. You're eating a bunch of green smoothies or whatnot, mm-hmm. and you can actually be exacerbating problems or moving right. further away from good health. Yeah. And just, we don't talk about the nature of foods. Mm-hmm. So I remember I had a woman that was, she was freezing cold all the time. And she's like, I drink like five pots of green tea every day and in the morning. And I'm like, oh, well, actually green tea is cooling. Whoa. It's not that you heated the water up. You know, you need to know the actual nature of the thing that you're. When it goes into the system, yeah, what it does. Right. So like there's all different kinds of fish or meat, but each meat has a different effect. One is cooling. One is neutral. One is warming. Same with fish. Same with the teas. You know, so you might drink jasmine tea instead or, you know, put ginger in a cup. Wow. That's super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. lot to learn with all that. Uh, way more than I know off the top of my head, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that'll be my next person I got to get on. <laughs> right. Deep dive into all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's wild. We had some great instructors for nutrition. It's Yeah, there's some great books about that too. That could be a good person to have come through is do a mm-hmm. little workshop on eating for your constitution. Yeah, I'm hoping with one of the spaces um, to have like a big island where we can really get in there and talk about how to make the right kanji for you. What can you put in it? So that's cool. So it's like rice is the base and then you add everything else based on what you need. Sort of. Yeah. It's like one cup of rice, eight cups of water. And you can even run that through like a blender and puree it. Hmm. Um, Like when I would get kanji in say Singapore, you would scoop it out and put it in a bowl and you might find like the one tiny shred of chicken in there and two peanuts. Whoa. You know, the American version, it'd be like a buffet. <laughs> you know? I'm going to need three boiled eggs. And, yep. and yeah. So it's more about just like this warm liquid with herbs and things to kind of get things going. Yes. I've never so, heard of this before. That's yeah, super like think fascinating. about that cook pot, you know, like yeah. what's just going to. And then you have people that have way too much fire and you can almost see them. Their face is red. Maybe they're a little bit high strung mm-hmm. and they have high blood pressure. They've got way too much fire. Um, they need so, to cool down. Yeah, we would do treat them a little differently. and Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, it's super interesting. Any fun things coming up at your space that people can come check out? Yeah. Um, Any events? Events? Well, I mean, I'm hoping, <laughs> opening up upstairs, you know, I'm expanding mm. so that that same thing I was saying, like, 
it's harder to get in because I'm just one person. Mm -hmm. But if, if this is what we're treating and I've said, you know, we got to get your liver also playing in the right way, you could go upstairs and get work with someone on herbs. You can get acupuncture for your liver. You might get that, you know, massage. And so everybody's working in the same, for the same goal for you. They're all on the same page. So that's coming soon. I finally have a colleague that does what I do. So she's taking patients now. and That's great. Yeah. I mean, I thought about shutting off and not taking any more people, but I really want people to know they have alternatives and have hope. I'm excited. It's just going to keep growing. <laughs> and you having a little more space, you can kind of orchestrate a little bit more, right? Yes. I, I miss like the creative bits. Like my poor little Instagram, I think the last picture was a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You yeah. need to just be doing TikToks. Let I me know. tell you right now. <laughs> I've been telling everybody about the good word of the TikTok. That's my, that's, that's what I've been doing. I, I do. I did have a little fun on the TikTok yeah. there for a while. And you don't need anything crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to go off on a whole thing about TikTok, but yes, do that. I did like it. It's, it's just more chill and real. Yeah. So if people want to work with you and they don't know you now, where do they find you? How do they connect? I know you're Busy, busy. Yeah. And then if they want to connect with your other uh, therapists, how do they do so? Yeah. So you just go to thisistheroad.com and you have to book a first appointment because we got to get that assessment in. So I do all of those and get your first treatment. And then, yeah, Margaret is my colleague and she's on the calendar now. Um, so after we kind of say, this is what we need to do, this is how often I should see you and all the things you can do, you're off and running and... Try to get on the calendar. I love it. Any final words? Uh, I don't know. I just, like I said, I mean, I, I debated just closing my books and I mostly just want people to know that there's options out there. So I love that. Mm. Well, I'm very grateful for you being here. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. And before we take off, I want to read to you Radical Remission, the nine key factors that can make a real difference. Number one, radically changing your diet. Two, taking control of your health. Three, following your intuition. Four, using herbs and supplements. Five, releasing suppressed emotions. Six, increasing positive emotions. Seven, embracing social support. Eight, deepening your spiritual connection. And nine, having strong reasons for living. For 2022, I want you to look at these nine factors, whether you are ill or healthy, and pick one. And one is definitely going to stand out more than another. You're going to go, dang, I really need to take control of my health. Or, dang, I really need to increase positive emotions in my life. Or, dang, I really need to grow this spiritual connection in my life. I want you to, for all of 2022, focus on one of these key factors. Until you really feel like, wow, I'm, I'm really thriving in this area before you move on to something else. Now, of course, you can work on all of these at the same time. But when you really want to conquer something, it's good to just focus on one thing at a time. And if you get it done sooner, check the other ones off the box. And if we know that these nine factors can potentially put cancer in remission, then how much power can they have when you're well when you're not ill the best medicine is preventative medicine is having a healthy lifestyle is developing healthy habits 
right? We can't put responsibility in the government and our doctors. We have to take care of ourselves. And why that's important, because your health, your well-being affects everyone around you. Affects your community, affects your family, affects your friends, your co-workers, your business. All of that energy ripples into everything. So it's your responsibility to take care of yourself for your other loved ones. All right, guys, hopefully you pick up this book and hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you on the next one.